Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the T Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. It's very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. The following is a fourth-hand production. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Tack. <laughs> Hi. Hi. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we break it down, we let it into our glee club because it's because he's not the only he's not the one that sucks at singing, only to make fun of his little sissy canary boy and <laughs> And make them feel bad all for your listening enjoyment. I kind of masquered that, but that's all right. <laughs> On today's episode, we look at season two, episode 16, entitled The Drummer Boy. Hmm. If you have not watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You know, unless you're driving or at work or something, it might be dangerous. <laughs> you don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Uh, the Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon Prime Prime. So yes, so hi, yeah. Uh, what's been going on? Not a whole lot. How about you? Well, I'm. I started another new job, so this will be <laughs> since cool. I've been back to Florida. I have gone from one job after two weeks getting laid off, and then starting another one immediately, and then deciding that after a couple weeks that sucks. And there was no reliability. So I started another job, was there for about a month, and then got a better offer back from the original job, and then just went back to it and say his first day back. So, right on. I got laid off too. Aw, twinsies. Aw. So, the job you have now, that's the the male stripper, right? No. This is for, it's kind of, I mean, stripping is part of it. It's really just straight up like whoring. So, okay, All right. but stripping kind, costs it's, extra. It's kind of like selling crack, but but different. Yeah, if you sell crack, you sell weed too. You know, it's kind of well, that yeah. Kind but of if you you're kind of crack, like you're selling your crack, like oh know. oh right. Yeah. I don't sell crack yeah. or weed. That's weird. <clears throat> yeah. <no. clears throat> 
So but you're yes. about to start your new job here soon on Monday. I am. Yeah, the day after the no, this this coming Monday, the Monday yep. that this opens. When you guys are listening to this right now, no, no, think of me because I'll be at my new job. No, but oh, you'll be a week ago. into it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you guys listened to this now. Last week, I started my new job. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it either mm. went great or it went uh, pretty shitty. So. <laughs> We'll find out in the next episode. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun, Jimmy, if we talked about, did you play any instruments as a kid, like for school or? I tried. I play, I tried playing guitar. Well, you remember when we first met, I had a guitar. I had a um, yeah. General Electric, the, the Sunburst. <laughs> Is that um, what it was? Uh, yeah, it was a yeah. General Electric. That's, that's like, what I was told. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's also finding out that who else that makes like guitars that's really weird. Like Mitsubishi, I, th- I think. Well, I think I saw a Panasonic guitar once. I could be wrong on that one, but I think yeah. I saw a Panasonic. I, feel um, like I always thought it was weird that Yamaha made guitars. I always thought that was yeah, strange. Y- Yamaha, yeah. Yeah, Yamaha. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Mm. It's weird. Um, but you didn't do it like in school or anything, like in the band or anything? No, I was like never that. in band. I was always in chorus and drama. Yeah. We never Which had we'll Glee talk- Club. Glee Clubs are for losers. We had chorus. <laughs> that's right. And then when I was in high school, we had choir not just choir we had concert choir that's right that's where you we use were, like spirit fingers and movements nah, was, with your arms and hands. song and dance club no i'm talking concert choir like this is like you're you're at a concert you know what i'm saying like yeah. you're yeah <laughs> when i was in um <laughs> fifth grade or sixth grade one of the two i um had the opportunity to take band and uh and so I was like, I don't know what to play. And at the time, because of unforeseen circumstances, because I used to go to my dad's in the summer, but that year, my mom was still in the process of moving. So I had to start school up in Illinois just for like a couple months. And then I ended up going back to my mom. But at that school, they had band. And so they're like, oh, well, I was like, I want to play band. You know, I want to learn an <laughs> instrument. And, and so I picked... <laughs> And the only instrument that, like, my dad and stepmom had instruments, like, around the house. Because mm-hmm. my stepmom was very musical. Like, they all took piano, and she had, like, a baby grand piano, and she could play really well. And all my stepsisters took piano as well, and they can play somewhat. And um, and they just had other little instruments around. And um, one of them, including a ukulele, Jimmy. Right. Uh, that was the first yeah. time I really played around with. And, um... So there was this other instrument still in the case that I was like, well, I'll just play that since we already have one. And <laughs> can you guess what instrument that was? I keep thinking clarinet only because I know your sister played clarinet. Yeah, no. um, the flute. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was a flute. That's awesome. Oh, God. What a yeah. loser. I, I was really hoping to get picked on. And so that was like... <laughs> I mean, I never did, but, you know, it's just... I felt really girly picking it, and I was like, why am I picking the flute? What was wrong with me? That's <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Terry you know, Chris I, plays the flute. I didn't really just learn saying. much. But, like, I think the next year, I picked uh, something a little more manly. I picked trumpet, so... Okay. I tried to play trumpet one year. And it's really funny, because when you play band, especially in, like, elementary school or even middle school... Like, you have to, like, tests that you have to do. Like, you, we all play as a band, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
you have to do a solo for like a grade, you know, to at least see how well you did the song, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I'm like just <laughs> pushing random things, and and with a trumpet, you know, you can like make different noises just by your mouth, you know, like right. you know. And so I'm like doing that mixture, just random pushing of like. I don't even remember what it was called, little buttons on a trumpet. There's a, key, a name for it, but I don't remember what this. Anyway, so I'm just pushing random ones, and I picked trumpet because I'm like, it's got three buttons. How hard could it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? but, I would have thought the same thing. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm like trying to do the solo one time for a grade, and I'm just like, Rrr. I sound like Bobby in this episode at the end, you know? Yeah. And then somehow I got like a B in the class. I don't know how, but... Wow. I still don't know how to play the trumpet, but does it make uh, you want to buy one? <laughs> Maybe, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah, right. <laughs> I want to try saxophone. Yeah, because that's the not, not the sexy not the Kenny instrument. G one, not the one that you would pick, not the Kenny no. G one. I'm talking about the big one, <laughs> Mr. Flute. <laughs> like like the one that uh, Jorge plays in True Phonic, huh? Exactly. Huh? Yes. A little bit yes, of a, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that guy's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something sexy about the saxophone. Maybe it's just the way Jorge yeah. does it. I don't know, but I well, get it's like when on. I when I used to play when I used to play guitar back in the day. Like I don't know if you remember, but I would connect it to my my stereo. Like I didn't know how to. I didn't know what else to do. <clears throat> yeah. So I had like this like Y adapter. It was RCA to a, a regular headphone jack. Yeah. And I would just connect it to the <laughs> to my stereo that way and play it through the phono. Through the the record player, but so, <laughs> I didn't know how to get noise out of it. Yeah, and of course, my senior year, I picked up guitar, and that's when I became a badass, you know, <laughs> and just started shredding on my axe. I started trying to play when I was when I just got out of high school. Yeah. My first guitar was a red uh, Gremlin. I don't know if you remember that. Mm, I'm no? not sure. It's a really nice looking guitar. I traded it in. For Is the that Kramer. the one? Is that the oh no the Kramer's one I was thinking yeah because I was thinking Angus Young yeah, that's the one no, Angus Young had right no that's the my SG oh that Angus Young had so I mean I play guitar I played for a while I play ukulele like you had indicated um, and I I've taken piano lessons so I try yeah I still want to take piano lessons I finally got my keyboard and mm-hmm. I've yet to get started I'm just gonna do like YouTube or something but you know. can go on to uh, HD piano. And they'll yeah. literally teach you how to play it. Like, put your fingers like this. Put your fingers like. But I suggest yeah. going on and actually learning the chords because if you can at least learn the chords, then you can kind of fake it and just kind of play the chords and sing the melody. Oh, for sure. I want to so, learn the right way. I want to be able to. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's something that can take a lifetime. So I'm fine mm-hmm. with. I'm ready to play the long game on that one. So there you go. That's what I'm doing. <clears throat> cool. All right. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, in that case, uh, let's take our first little break. And when no we come back, we are going to get into this. We better. We we will. I'm that's not a that's not a threat, it's a warning. Oh, no, okay. it's not a warning, it's a you know what I mean. It's a promise. We'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> Welcome to the trailer for What the Suck Podcast. Do you like movies? Do you like horror movies? You know, movies like Exorcist 2 and The Bye Bye Man. Well, those of you still with us are just the weirdos we want. 
We watch all the terrible, no good, so bad they are bad movies you never knew existed. Have you seen Wish Upon, I Am Zozo, Creepshow 3 perhaps? You haven't? Well, lucky for you, we have, and we are here to tell you all about them because we believe that no matter how bad a movie is, it should be watched. Someone put at least some effort into these, and bad movies deserve love, too. And boy, do we love watching them. So, please join us, your hosts, Chris and James, on What the Suck Podcast for a weekly discussion of all things bad, good, good, bad, 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 so bad they are good, so good they are bad, so bad they are bad, and Gary Busey. <laughs> Found That's every- my best Busey. <laughs> Found- I don't know if that works, but it works for me. Found everywhere podcasts can be listened to. And we are back. Mm, okay. Mm. We have the Brady Bunch. Season 2, episode 16, entitled The Drummer Boy. Mm. Let's get into this. Okay. Facts about the episode. First aired January 22nd, 1971. Written by our man Sherwood Shorts, Alfred <laughs> Lewis, and Helen Lewis. <laughs> uh, uh, Helen Levitt. Um, oh, I said, what did I say? Lewis? Yeah. Oh, Levitt. <laughs> oh, that's two different names. Yeah, I read it as the same name. Um, <laughs> see, see our creator's <laughs> name again. What's that? Which one? Sherwood. Sherwood Shorts. Okay. Because a lot of times you say shorts, you say that shorts are like a lot and it's just funny. How do you say it? Schwartz. That's what I say. Shorts. <laughs> maybe, I guess maybe I hear it as shorts. I don't know. Oh, anyway, oh, sorry. oh okay. Well, we are sorry. communicating through uh, FaceTime, so. True yeah. that. Uh, directed by Oscar Rudolph. My Imagine man. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> According to IMDb, yep. it's very clear, and you can see this. I don't know if you caught this. It's very clear from the outside of the house that the Bradys have a basement garage. It's on, like, on well, the driveway <laughs> side, right? Yeah. 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 You can yeah. see, clear as day, you can see they have a, a double basement garage. So I don't know yeah. why they have a garage in the backyard, too, but... Um, this marks the singing debut of Peter, Jan, and Cindy, mm-hmm. uh, which I have to kind of disagree with because the first time we hear him singing is actually in the credits. So it's true. I agree. I kind of disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the football player in this—I uh, didn't write it down. I can't remember the guy's name is uh, Deacon, Deacon Deacon Jones. I think it was Deacon his name. Jones. Yeah. yeah, he played um, football. It was a defensive left end for the Rams. Mm. So yeah. And once again, this confirms my theory. If you're athletic, you can't act. Just like our man, uh, Don Drysdale. <laughs> he was a little bit better than Don Drysdale. Not Ooh, much. Not, not much. much. <laughs> but he did go on later in his career and get into acting. He was in quite a few movies. So, huh. Good to know. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. We fade in. Mm-hmm. Season one. Oh, season. Wow. Scene one. <laughs> We open to see Peter, Jan, and Cindy excitedly running into the yard as they come home from school. They run past the plethora of patio furniture and rush <laughs> into the sliding door and leading into the kitchen, with Bobby walking slowly and somewhat sadly behind. Oh, oh. Scene two, after running through the kitchen and into the living room, Peter, Jan, and Cindy <clears throat> run straight for the stairs and begin shouting at the same time for Carol to come down. 
Uh, Carol finally makes it to the bottom of the stairs and settles the kids down enough to hear what they're trying to say. Peter finally says that says they have really great news, and guess what? When Carol finally says what, Cindy exclaims, We're in the Glee Club! Carol, full of pride, says that's wonderful, as Peter goes on to explain they had trials today and they were picked. The three kids then put on a demonstration for Carol, who watches in pride as the kids kind of forget the words, but make it through the song anyway. Carol exclaims, Hooray for the Brady Singers! As she claps her hands, just then Bobby is seen walking in behind them, still slowly and sadly looking like a hurt bunny. When Carol notices him and she greets him with, Hi, Bobby. Bobby quietly says, Hi. As he sits down, looking sad, like Jimmy at a middle school dance. Yep, like Eeyore. Yep. This shit works, like, though. Like my mom at a family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Carol glances at the kids for an answer and finally walks over to Bobby asking why the long face and then Bobby says what it's not like I'm Margie dating Peter (laughs) 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 no he didn't see that Uh, Cindy never passed up a chance to spread a little gossip and she exclaims he didn't get picked for the glee club because he's fucking stupid and Peter pipes in in saying Billy Mingus said Bobby couldn't carry a tune even if it had a handle on it burn as the rest of the kids laugh and point Bobby shows his frustration with an oh yeah as Jam pipes in with Sue Barry said he sounds like a frog as she starts making a dog barking sound that I guess was a frog no <laughs> that she, didn't sound anything like a frog she's no. like what are you doing like, <laughs> she does like this like she's trying to sing like a frog or whatever <laughs> Carol puts on the mom face with a very stern alright Jen that's enough you fucking middle child <laughs> she don't care if Bobby and Cindy if, if uh, Peter and Cindy do it she only cares that Jan did it yeah. so that kind of confirms that Jan kind of gets shafted sometimes yeah you fucking middle child that's and enough She's all laughing at Peter, laughing at Cindy. She's like, Jan, stop it. God. But how did the kids know to run right to the stairs? Like, they come in and make a beeline to the stairs and start yelling up the stairs. How did you know she was up there? Hmm. She could have been anywhere in the house. You're coming home from school. Right. I'm trying to think. It's not like they just went outside and came back in. Right. Plus, they have a maid. She shouldn't have been upstairs screwing around anyways. (laughs) I'm trying to think of something funny, but... I can't think of anything why she, why they knew she was up there. But I mean, I, I understand. Okay, you run to the kitchen. She's not there. I mean, you run into the living room. They didn't even look around. They just ran right to the stairs without even look. They should have at least paused, looked around, and then ran up to the stairs and then yelled up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, yeah. So. And uh, Bobby is so funny when he came in all sad and he sits down on that little thing, the little planter. <laughs> it's like he was like waiting. You're like, um, hello, I'm looking sad over here, like waiting for Carol to ask, what's wrong? You know, you know what would have been funny is if Bobby was sitting at all pathetic, like pulling an ER and Carol looks mm-hmm. over and goes, is that a couch? Look like a couch to you? Does it look like a chair to you? Get your butt <laughs> off of my furniture and go sit down where you're supposed to. That just would have been awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, scene three. We open to see the kitchen, and Bobby's sitting at the kitchen table, alone looking dejected. 
Carol enters and sits next to him at the kitchen table and showing how much she really cares by offering an apple that's a foot in front of him that he could have easily gotten before she entered the room. (laughs) Can I get you that apple right there? (laughs) Do you want an apple? Yeah. Well, it's right there. Yeah. She then said, it would have been funny if Bobby went, oh my God, apples. God, I didn't even see that. I've been here for an hour. Um, She then steps up her game by offering cookies or even a bowl of his favorite ice cream. Bobby simply says, I don't want anything. Carol, realizing how sad Bobby really is, finally touches his face, saying, Cheer up, Bobby. You have a wonderful voice, just not the kind of voice the Glee Club needs this year. Bobby, smelling some bullshit, says, or asks, rather, You really like my voice? Carol replies with a confident, You can sing for me anytime. (laughs) Bobby excitedly asks, I can? When Carol confirms, Bobby enthusiastically launches into the same song the other kids were trying to sing earlier, but with a distinct pitch problem. Carol just looks on with a pained look on her face. After searching for the right words, she finally says, Well, that's not bad at all, Bobby. Bobby Hmm. calls her out saying, I sound awful. Carol tries to cheer cheer him up by telling him that when he gets older, his voice will change, and she bets he'll have a brand new voice. Bobby, unaffected, says, yeah, it may be worse. Carol just smiles and hugs him. Hmm. Would you, if, if you were in that scenario, would you tell your kids they suck at singing? Um, yeah. <laughs> so would I. Absolutely. I, I've, been, uh, I've been pretty honest with yep. the kids when it comes to things like that. Mostly the girls, because my son doesn't really have much interest in things like that. But the girls... Luckily, the girls aren't bad. Jasmine is definitely better than Alexis by far, and mm-hmm. Alexis isn't bad either, surprisingly. But we've tried—I've tried recording vocals with them, and I'm extremely honest. I'm like, okay, that part—I don't—I'm not mean about it, but right. like that part could have been better. Let's try working on it let's, instead of doing it like this. Let's do it like that, and let's try it again. And then you know, like with Jake, he has no trouble harmonizing. His pitch is dead on, like rock solid. Nice. Getting a little pitchy. She she was she's gotten better now she can hear herself better, but yeah I'm the same way I'm honest with them you know yeah <clears throat> I think it's important I mean because otherwise this happens they go to school and they fucking suck because your parents are never honest with you yeah because you know what happens <laughs> when you have too many yes men around you uh, you turn into an asshole that can't sing <laughs> Cybertruck is what happens Jimmy oh. Cybertruck oh you, that or you turn into a drummer what's Cybertruck <laughs> come on Cybertruck <laughs> we just talked about this like. Two episodes ago. Yeah, and we did, but I can't remember what it is. Cybertruck? Remember Elon Musk and Tesla, and he came out with a Cybertruck? Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. And yeah, yeah. I think the biggest problem is he has too many yes-men around him. Like, hey, you guys like that? Like, almost like he was daring them. Like, you guys like this truck? And everybody's like, that's fucking awesome, dude. Hell yeah. You know yeah. people got fired after that. You know he put that truck out just yeah. to prove people and be like, this is what happens when you're not honest with me. <laughs> right? And he's like, no, you like this truck. And like, he looked at it. He probably drew, drew it up as a joke and go, you like this truck. You think this is what we should put out. Absolutely, <laughs> sir. That's amazing. You like this thing. You would drive this. So he Fuck puts it yeah. out. It sucks. And he comes back and says, what would happen if you assholes work for SpaceX? <laughs> we would have dead astronauts. Like, <laughs> Uh, no, I totally yeah. think it'll fly. Yeah, t- totally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Scene four. We now see Mike coming home from work and pulling in the driveway right past the basement garage, like you were saying, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. As the camera fades to, to Bobby laying on his bed, Carol opens the door to tell Bobby, 
honey, daddy's home, which I thought was weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's like like the kids are excited about it. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Mike, bringing a very direct approach to the situation, simply says, hello, son, which is greeted with, hello, dad. <laughs> he then tells Bobby that he's sorry for him, uh, that he's sorry for him not getting into the Glee Club. Bobby acknowledges by saying, that's okay. He finally sits up, looks at Mike and says, they didn't need a rotten singer as he crosses the desk and sits down. Mike chuckles and says, I'm sure you weren't as bad as all that. Bobby takes a chance to call out Carol singing. Saying. Oh, take a chance to call out Carol saying, sorry. (laughs) Sure I am. Ask mom. Carol tries to cover (laughs) her. That was such a dick move. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And she goes, of course he isn't that bad. Bobby once again calls bullshit saying, I may not sing good, but I hear good, which is funny. Mm -hmm. Carol finally offers up some good criticism saying, just because you aren't a great singer doesn't mean you're not musical. Mike backs her up saying, hey, maybe you should play an instrument. Bobby, sounding hopeful, asks, like what? Mike, after Mike says, any instrument you want. Carol tells him there must be there must be one he likes. Bobby supposes that there is. After Carol suggests asking the music teacher about it tomorrow, Bobby excitedly says that that's what he'll do. Mike, happy with the outcome, tells him, good, now go wash up for dinner. As soon as Bobby's gone, Mike asks Carol in a hushed tone if she heard him sing. Carol simply says, that was a very good idea of you about the instrument. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, didn't he... What Wasn't he frustrating Greg just a couple episodes ago screwing around with his guitar? <laughs> yeah. Like, because he wouldn't stop stuck. bugging Greg about trying to trying to play his guitar? Yeah. He acts like he's never... An instrument? What's an instrument? Like, <laughs> do we have any in this house? I've never seen one. Bitch, you just had your finger stuck in it two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought that was kind of... Yeah. Like, they should have played that in. Like, remember, Greg plays the guitar. What if you tried something like that? They could have easily put that line in. Mm-hmm. It's almost like from episode to episode, the writers have no idea what the last episode was. Um, <laughs> and it's not like Greg just started. Greg looks like he's been playing exactly. guitar a while. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and I know he liked to track this, Jimmy. Um, Mike tried to smack Bobby on the ass as I he goes that, up the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he missed, too. Missed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not fast <laughs> enough. Um, not I could today. be wrong. But I think Bobby had his script pasted to his notebook on the, in front of him at the desk. Oh, I didn't notice. Because if you pause it and look, it's whatever's written on there is written in the form of a script. Hmm. <clears throat> so quite possibly, I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Greg. Okay, I'm sorry. Scene five. Well, I'm just launching into it. Say right. scene five. <laughs> Greg is helping Peter get his football pads on at home for some reason. Like, <laughs> They don't do that in a locker room. They don't have a locker room or something? Anyways, um, as he asks Peter, so you think you'll take the Blue Devils this Friday? Seemingly insulted at the question, Peter replies, take them. We're going to kick their um, ass. We're going (laughs) to knock the horns off of them. He then begins telling Greg they had none other than Deacon Jones helping them in football practice. Greg, in complete disbelief, reminds Peter that Deacon Jones is all pro and he plays for the Rams. Do Do you know what all pro means? I didn't. I'm going to be completely honest. I had no idea what that meant. Well, I, I heard the word pro, so I just assumed right. he was a in, in the NFL. 
So Right. Well, I, I did some research, and these are for all our nerds out there that follow football. I say nerd because a nerd is anybody that's into something, a, a geek, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Um, me and Tack are nerdy about films and stuff. If you're nerdy about football, more power to you. So this is all for you guys. Um, basically, an all-pro team is made up. Uh, it's an NFL team that plays like a like a, a game or whatever that's made up of the best players in the NFL for each position on a team, if that makes sense. So, like, they look at the entire NFL in its entirety and say, okay, who's the best quarterback in this entire league? And then they pick that as a quarterback. And they say, okay, who's the best whatever other positions are, and that's who they pick. So, so when he says like – Fantasy football? <laughs> I'm confused. Kind of, but usually, like, the, the, the two different leagues that make up the NFL each pick a team. Um, and uh, they play, like, a game together or something. Um, hmm. But this guy, he was on that team. So that's what Greg means when he says he's all pro. So I checked it out, and he was um, all pro eight times, which I guess is pretty impressive to be picked eight different times as the best player in your position or whatever. Hmm. Um, he was a member of the NFL. Um, they, they also do like, uh, I guess a fantasy type of team. If you want to look at it that way, uh, for the 75th and the hundredth anniversaries, they did it. And he was, um, it's kind of like the same as the all pro team, but for the 75th anniversary and hundredth anniversary of all the players of all time in history, hmm. he was picked for both of those teams. Hmm. Um, he was referred to as the secretary of defense, which I thought was kind of funny hmm. because he played on the defense. Um, because of how many times he sacked the quarterback. Apparently he sacked the quarterback 173 times in his career and 22 in just a 14 game stretch. So I guess that's impressive. Um, uh, I checked out at the NFL. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to kind of change that, but not really, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, I guess the NFL didn't track sacks until 10 years after he retired. Hmm. Um, but I checked on his numbers, and with those numbers, it would make him ranked number three in all time. So I guess that's pretty good. Wow. Um, uh, he was an eight-time pro bowler, which I didn't even know football players bowled. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, he was two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and he was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. So that's for all hmm. you football nerds. Oh, well, that's interesting. Not really. I was just going to tell a quick <laughs> story when you said um, – would you say something about Department of Defense or what Department, did you say? No, Secretary of Defense. Secretary of Defense, yeah. So, <clears throat> just a quick story. When I was in the Navy in in boot camp, like uh, we had to learn a lot of things uh, as far as like Navy history, and also we had to learn our chain of command and have it memorized. Um, and everybody from like you know the Secretary of the Navy, like all the way up to the President, you know everybody that's in that chain of command. And occasionally, right. you know, we'd get like pop quiz like. And so we had our company commander, we're all standing at attention, and then company commander's like, hmm, and then we'd pick someone and go, hey, who is this, you know, or or what is the name of our, what's the name of the Secretary of the Navy, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. um, so he goes, now, I didn't have all these memorized, obviously, I could tell you who the president <laughs> was, and, you know, right. and uh, so I, I tried to, I was still learning them, you know, and um, and then so <laughs> the company commander calls me out, I'm like, shit. And so I like step out and then uh, he's like, who is, hmm, who's the secretary of defense? And the only reason why I knew that one was a callback to football because <laughs> I used to follow like Chicago Bears and playing mm-hmm. on the Chicago Bears was, uh, was uh, William Perry, who is known as like Refrigerator Perry, mm-hmm. you know? 
Mm-hmm. And so, which also, also share the same name as the Secretary oh, of Defense. Okay. So I got that connection of de- defense right. and William Perry. And so I was like, well, that's William J. Perry, you know, petty officer. And then uh, he, he goes, he goes, holy shit, you got it right. <laughs> and, I like, <laughs> and I was like, phew. And I just thought it was funny because it's the only one I knew. <laughs> and, that's funny. So no, nobody else got it right? Like nobody else knew any of the questions? No, yeah. yeah. Other people. I mean, occasionally somebody would get one wrong, but yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Getting back into this. I, I just wanted to go through all that just to show like this guy's a big deal. He's not just a, a good player for the time. He's a good player of all time. Like he was apparently really good. Cool. <clears throat> so moving on. When Peter tells Greg he's friends with the coach, um, and that they played together in high school. This is, again, talking about, um, I almost said Don Drysdale, about Deacon <laughs> Jones and why he was at practice. Apparently, he played with coach in high school, blah, blah, blah. Greg mm-hmm. replies with, son of a gun, Deacon Jones, and as, he, as he finishes putting Peter's football pads on him. Just then, Jan and Cindy burst into the room, telling Peter to hurry up or they'll be late. When Peter mm-hmm. tells them he's coming, Greg looks at Peter shocked and says, don't tell me they're on the team, too. Peter thinks Greg is a silly willy, telling Greg that <laughs> that they have glee club practice, and after that, he's going to football practice. So he's wearing his pads to glee club. He's going to sit in them pads for like two hours. Anyways, as Peter goes to leave, Greg calls him back, telling him he forgot his football helmet, along with his left shoe and his right shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the silly willy now is what Greg exactly, says. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't really put the two together about him wearing the the pads too because he's yeah, going to glee like, practice first. You, another and, player uh, can't help you put that on. Like, why would you wear that all day? That's stupid. And you wear it to school <laughs> but too. That's, like, but that's not the only time he does this. Like you see later in the episode, he's wearing yeah. them again, just practicing glee with it. It's like he has to wear them for glee or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. That's kind of weird. <clears throat> all right. Scene six. Now outside, we see Carol pulling in the driveway with Bobby honking the horn. They're greeted by Alice as they get out of the car. Bobby enthusiastically tells Alice that he picked his instrument and runs off to get the other kids to let them know. Alice comments about how excited he is, and when she asks what instrument he picked, Carol gestures to the car to see a drum set. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Alice simply says, drums? In disbelief, walking around to the back of the car to get a better look. Carol then tells Alice that the music teacher says he had the exact qualifications needed to play drums. And then Alice is like, what? And she's like, a mom with a station wagon. Mm, oh. See, Bobby doesn't know how to do <laughs> See that. See what she did there. Yeah, then she crashes her hand on the cymbal to enhance her joke, only to cringe at how loud the drums are actually going to be. Hmm. I don't know why I got the feeling, but the way Alice was interested, I got the feeling that Alice knows how to play the drums. Is that a weird thing? <laughs> like, just, I don't know why, but it's something that I think Alice would be good at. <clears throat> hmm. Like, kind of like Garth in, in Wayne's World. I got a feeling that she would jump on him. When nobody's around, she jumps on him and just, like, freaking kills it. <laughs> I bet she really wails. Yeah. <laughs> I like to play. Um, <clears throat> scene seven. It's football practice. And all the boys are on the field with matching helmets, but random colored sweatshirts and jeans <laughs> in L.A. Um, okay. We hear um, 
we hear Deacon giving some random random mumbo jumbo instructions to some of the boys. After saying go, the two boys do football stuff as the coach admires their <laughs> football stuff, saying, <laughs> that's hitting it, Larry. That's a way to hit it. With Deacon following suit saying, man, the Rams sure could use you. <laughs> now, De- if Greg was there, he would have totally ran with that and said, I'm going to be on the Rams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you heard him. He said, you I could be on the Rams. Deacon. <laughs> Deacon asks the coach what time it is, and the coach confirms that Deacon has to go. Much to the boys' disappointment. Deacon assures them that he'll be back, uh, but he has to go play with the big guys. As him and the coach walk away, um, as him and the coach walk away, they are greeted by Peter, who is late for practice. The coach introduces Deacon to Peter, who's shaking Peter's hand. After admiring his grip, he asks what position he plays. Peter says end, offensive end. Like, why why is that so offensive? Like I think you have to like because you're a football player, so you have to be, you have to be mean. So it's like, do you have to like curse a lot? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they, maybe like, they have to I curse a lot. And I play and I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. Like you have to be like that. So I like think. when you play on the the defense, if you're a defensive end, you have to go all the time. Like what? Why are you looking at me like that? What? What did I do? <laughs> what? But then you're on end offensive end. You're like, oh, you did it, didn't you? You're the reason my helmet don't fit right. See. Yeah, like, the I coach is like, hey, we need to talk about your play. Be like, what? What did I do? What? What? Oh, now you don't like the way I did that now? <laughs> but if you're on the offensive end, then you're like, no, coach, we need to talk about this. Like, you need to bring this up. See, we, man, we can handle this football stuff. Ball's easy. Deacon says that means bad news for the fellas like him, then tells him to take it easy as he walks away with the coach. Hmm. As Peter yeah. meets up. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I should just wait. Um. I was like, did you notice how handsy like Deacon was on Peter? Well, he plays football. His his job is to like be handsy with a bunch of grown men. So. <laughs> but he was like, first he was like, here, shake my hand, and right. then he's like touching his shoulder, and then he's like, I don't know, he just like was really handsy. And, was, and he wasn't even wearing a face mask. Hmm. Oh wait, that's right, that's right. This is before. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, um, 1971. But he probably saw the pads and he just instinctively. I'm surprised they didn't tackle him. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in the football players. Oh, sorry, just, sorry, they just can't kid. help it. It's in their blood. <laughs> As Peter meets up with the other kids at practice, they begin telling Peter how much he missed not working with Deacon Jones, and asks where he was. Peter explains that he was at Glee Club, and it took longer than expected. The boys seem taken back at the thought of Glee Club, with Larry finally asking. You mean you spent the whole time singing with a bunch of girls? Yeah, right? A guy hanging out with a bunch of girls? What a loser. Right? Peter defends himself, reminding them um, there are guys in the Glee Club, too. The boys... (laughs) That makes it sound worse. (laughs) Oh, you're hanging out the whole time with a bunch of girls? No, there were guys. (laughs) Oh, okay. Singing out a bunch of guys singing. What? Yeah, right? Yeah. Um... (laughs) <laughs> okay, where was that? I lost my place. Sorry. The boys mocking um, call him. Okay. The boys mocking call them songbirds and canaries. Oh, man. Yeah, right? That's some that's some harsh shit. That's some gangster street stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Finally reminding Peter that football is for boys. The boys mm. then run over to the rest of the team and announce, guys, did you hear? We have a canary on our team. <laughs> <laughs> Peter looks disappointed and possibly embarrassed. Jeez. <clears throat> yes. So I don't see what the big deal is about <clears throat> being in glee and football. Like, if you remember, Jimmy, when we were in, 
in chorus class, we had football players right. in there too. And we were like the poster <clears throat> children for masculinity in high school. <laughs> and there were, and if you ever watched the show Glee, there were football players in Glee as well. Exactly. But yep. they also got kind of shit on too for being in Glee and football. So I don't right. know. I mean, we were very masculine. I mean, you know, we didn't mm-hmm. have long hair like. Oh wait, yeah, we do. Well, we had girlfriend. No, we no, we no, we didn't. Mm. We hung out but, with girls. It was just like one of the girls, though. So yeah, maybe he's yeah. on something. Yeah. What's funny is I remember being in chorus, and um, and I remember the the football coach coming in, Coach Lusk, coming in, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and standing at the entrance, and when we were in the middle of a song, he would just kind of stand there watching everybody sing, listening. And then as soon as we get done singing, uh, the teacher would look at him and say, did you need something? And he just kind of shook his head and be like, man, I can't believe you guys actually do this. And then he'd leave. But he would do it every day. He would stop and listen to us sing, like every <laughs> single day. So it was kind of funny. Was it one of those uh, things like, you know, like, oh, man, you guys are so stupid. I'm going to be in here tomorrow, too, and listen. How stupid you re- do you sound? record it so I, just so I can hear how stupid you are on the way to work. Because <laughs> you guys are that stupid. I want to hear it. And twice on the way home. Exactly. Jeez. No, I'm, I'm. When I hear something really stupid, my eyes water and I cry. Okay, like you guys are that stupid. You're making me cry. <clears throat> All right. Scene eight. Back in the living room, we see Mike and Carol drinking coffee on the couch, talking about Bobby's new drums. Mike begins telling Carol that he really thinks those new drums will take Bobby's mind off of not being into the Glee Club. Carol chimes in, telling Mike how the rest of the kids were really sweet and made a fuss over him. (laughs) Mike then tells Carol that he hopes Bobby doesn't get discouraged. You can't learn a musical instrument in a day. It takes a lot of practice. Just then we hear crashes and bangs coming from Bobby practicing the drums. Carol loudly says to Mike, Like you said, lots of practice, as they both smile at each other. We then cut to Bobby in the anti-Alice room, banging away on the drums. You know, me and you are are, are pretty musical. For sure. What the hell kind of practicing was that? (laughs) It wasn't. It was just random, like... Right. Like, I'm going to be a a jazz drummer. It's like... But even that, like, they set that boy up for failure. You know what I mean? Like, at no time, like, I would think... I've never played the drums. I know you've played the drums a little bit. I've never played nor have either one of us taken lessons, but I would think it would start off with a metronome and just being like, try to keep this beat. You know what I mean? And yeah. maybe like every other every other beat being like between the bass drum and the snare. Boom. Yeah. But you know Boom. what I mean? I would think yeah. that that's how you'd Boom. start off instead of, okay, just act like Animal from Muppets <laughs> and just kind of fucking bang right. on everything. Like, well, <clears throat> I mentioned this later, but I might as well mention it now. They did set him up for failure. That's actually literally my wording for later oh, in my it? notes. Yeah. Because, like, first of all, like, just like you said, there's like, here's your drums. Like, they yeah. didn't even set the drums up correctly. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like, <laughs> how they were all set up. Yeah. Yeah. Or consistently. Like, yeah. the hi-hat was all the way on the right side somewhere when it should be on the left. And, and like, I don't know, just, it just, nothing was set up properly. I mean, a couple I of mean, drums were in the, and the snare wasn't, like, right in front of, it should be between your legs right in front of you. Right. He had it way off to the left. I mean, I can imagine somebody like Lars Ulrich pulling up to you and going, eh, let me change a couple of things. And because that's the way he does it, he's one of the greatest drummers ever. But I see <laughs> your point, though. <laughs> he's not 
experienced enough to to have a preference where to put shit. Just put it where <laughs> it's supposed to go. So. But how are you supposed to work the hi hat way over to the right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, that thing's got a pedal for one thing, right. and you mm-hmm. can't operate it when it's like behind the kick drum. <laughs> it's like what the right, fuck? right. And then it moves yeah. on the other side later when they reset it up, and it's just like, and there's no like training going on at all. Like, and apparently, know. like I, I'm, I'm friends with a, a guy that I work with plays the drums, and he played in high school in band. He played in jazz band. Um, he plays for money now, like he's a musician. And he was telling me, he said, because um, I made a comment to him, I was like, yeah, playing the drums, it, I imagine it takes more practice. And he said, you'd be surprised at how much. If you're going to do it right, how much it is reading music. And I was hmm. like, it kind of took me. And he's like, you really, really have to know your shit reading music. He said, people don't think about it with drumming that way, but you really got to know your shit. I'm like, wow, interesting. He said, everybody thinks four, four time, three, four time, blah. He said, but you're, when you're in like three, 15 time and stuff, he's like, the shit gets really strange and you really, really <laughs> got to know what you're doing. Like, there's this, uh, I forget which band it is, but there's some, <clears throat> uh, there's some like metal band out there that really does really intricate time signatures yeah, to yeah. the point where they literally like will roll two dice and go, <laughs> this is our time signature for the next song we're writing. Yeah. And, it, and it'd be something, you know, something crazy like, mm-hmm. you know, five, seven time or something like that. You know, it's well, like, like, I don't know if there's really a three fifteen time or nothing like that. But another right. guy that um, that is like you're talking about is the drummer for Michael Jackson, the guy that used to be Michael Jackson's drummer. Mm-hmm. He's a real nerd about that kind of stuff. They would purposely put it in a weird time signature so that the music over top of it would align a certain way to make it sound cool. But the whole time he's drumming on an off beat in a different time signature than the rest of the song, really, really strange shit. But anyways, yeah, see the one that came up with is yeah. that guy. Yeah, but if you listen to the whole thing, though, if you listen to that whole him doing the whole song, like it's it's more intricate than that. Like it's it's more complicated than that. Um, but anyways, scene yeah. nine, Peter, Jan and Cindy are in the girls room practicing their song for Glee Club when we suddenly hear Bobby's drums echoing throughout the house. They look at each other as they finish the only verse they seemingly know. Apparently, <laughs> they finally stop with Cindy asking. How are we supposed to practice? Peter chimes in with, they can hear them all the way to Lock Lock Lomond, which is part of the song. That's part of the lyrics of the song. They can hear them all the way to Lock Lomond, which I think is in Scotland. Um, Jan reasons that right now she wishes Bobby was in the Glee Club. Peter says he wishes Bobby was in Lock Lomond as Carol walks in the room. Mm. After asking how it's going, the kids begin complaining. Jan starts saying they can't even hear themselves sing, with Peter chiming in saying he's going to tell Bobby to knock it off. Greg stops him, telling him that this is exactly why she's in there. She then begins reminding the kids how important those drums are to Bobby and how upset he will be when he didn't how upset he was when he didn't get into the glee club. She finishes her speech by saying how happy he is to be doing something musical. Jan shocked exclaims, Musical? So that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But after one final lecture, the kids promise to be patient and understanding. And Peter runs out saying he has football practice anyways. And he like snapped his fingers and he like wiggled his neck. <laughs> and did you notice during that glee practice, he was wearing shoulder pads? Hell yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Scene 10. 
Carol has now made her way into the boys' room and is talking to Greg and Marsha, who are, quote, studying in there uh-huh. with the door shut. I'm just saying. Uh, behind the desk. You see that shit? Mm-hmm. Having to yell over the noise, we hear Carol saying, It really means a lot to Bobby. Greg, sounding irritated at the noise, yells, We're really not going to get much homework done, Mom. Bet you're not. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he said it himself. <clears throat> right? <clears throat> Carol, understanding their frustration, tells them she's she knows it's hard. <laughs> but, but let's try not to hurt his feelings. Greg and Marsha silently agree as Carol leaves the room. And then I swear I put I saw Marsha grab her underwear and put it in her pocket. I don't know. Yeah, I don't right, know yeah. what that was. Well, I oh. swear I saw Carol look down and go, I know it's hard. What? <laughs> Why are you looking at his crotch? All right. Once she's gone, Marsha packs up her books and underwear and stands up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Greg, looking surprised, asks, Are you going to study anymore? Marsha says, Yeah, under the hairdryer. It'll be a lot quieter there. And she gets up and leaves, and then Greg's like, Well, fuck, man. You know, um, I, I was thinking watching this, it's a shame they don't make like like little things that maybe you can put in your ear that kind of muffle sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. It's a shame they don't make something like that. But, they yeah. probably didn't have it in 71 yet. Yeah, I bet they did. <laughs> I know, it's a joke. Of course they had earplugs. Or, yeah. <laughs> or, well, if nothing mean, else, like on old cartoons, it's the cliche earmuffs. I mean, they're wearing fucking sweatshirts outside playing football with jeans on in L.A. They have, I know they have earmuffs. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm sitting there just waiting and waiting. Hmm. <clears throat> Scene 11. Down in the kitchen, Mike has come home from work to find Alice and Carol in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Alice is peeling potatoes as Carol stands at the sink mm-hmm. washing a single piece of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and look, she's a single. So I have in the nose, I just, just bless her heart. <laughs> she just has a single leaf and she's just washing away. <clears throat> as Mike walks in, in, he greets Alice and asks, what's for dinner? When she doesn't hear him, he shouts louder, dinner. Alice, mishearing what Mike said, thanks him saying, thanks. I'm glad somebody thinks I look thinner. <laughs> Mike gets, <laughs> Michael gets frustrated, yelling to Carol, honey, we're going to have to straighten this out. Carol quickly reminds him that they themselves started it. Carol then tells Mike after a few more lessons, maybe it'll get, maybe it'll get better. Mike asks Carol if she honestly thinks a few more lessons will help. Carol, seeing Mike point, seeing Mike's point, asks, honestly? Mike confirms, honestly. Carol then reluctantly tells Mike that they should go talk to him. Poor little Bobby. Hmm. He's going to have to go beat on something else now. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you know you thought of that shit, too. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't, but that was pretty good. It was kind of funny because I was watching this a second time and I saw your notes about washing a single lettuce leaf yeah. before the scene started and I was like I'm gonna watch this that's that's what she does yeah, it's literally single one lettuce. lettuce leaf she's just rinsing it off and using her fingers on it and then she like stops for a second continues to rinse off the lettuce leaf yeah. and then finally that's they have to go talk to Bobby now you know her work is done so she puts the lettuce leaf down dries her hands and well I gotta go talk to Bobby you know she says I bet they didn't even have salad that night I bet you Alice just buys lettuce just to get her the fuck away from her <laughs> look who's helping in the kitchen look at you <laughs> that's so adorable 
Look at you being a big girl. Yes, you are. <laughs> Look at you out here on a big trip. All right. Scene 12. We are now at ground zero as Mike and Carol walk into the family room. As they walk in, Bobby finishes his never-ending <laughs> jazz drum solo by crashing the cymbal and excitedly asks, I'm getting good, huh? Before Mike can answer, Bobby reminds him that he'll get even better with more practicing. Carol, shocked at the thought, asks, more practicing? Bobby confirms, telling her that some guys practice eight hours a day. He then excitedly, turn, excitedly puts his drumstick down as he runs over to the stereo to put on music. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe this. He just grabs Alice's stereo and just He starts. did. I bet you he left that amp on. <laughs> uh, he better not. Because I bet you watch next episode, there won't be a stereo. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be back in Alice's room. That's funny. <laughs> he runs back to the drums and begins trying to play along with the music. Not unlike Animal from the Muppets, only off-tempo. Yeah, I I put that in earlier, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mike goes over to the stereo and stops the music, then yells yells to stop Bobby. What? Oh, Mike stops the music and tells Bobby to stop. Bobby excitedly tells Mike he sure is glad that they wanted him to play an instrument. Mike, starting to regret the idea, simply says, Yeah, we did, didn't we? Bobby starts playing again wildly, finally stopping asking... Got groovy beat. I, that's what he said. I don't. <laughs> that's that's what he said. I don't know. Got groovy got beat, groovy, huh? Got yeah. groovy beat, huh? Mike tries to compliment him, saying, "Well, Bobby, you played just fine for a beginner." Carol tries to support him, saying, "That's just what I was gonna say." Bobby, only hearing the compliment, begins beating on the drums again as Carol leans on Mike. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Scene 13. Back hmm. on the old football field, I was trying to find like the old, you know they call it a gridiron or something like that? But I didn't know if I was using it correctly, so I just put old football field. <laughs> Me and Tack aren't joking when we're not, when we say we're not into sports, like <laughs> no. we're not kidding. Like we're not into sports. I've Back heard on, gridiron referring to yeah. football somewhere, but I don't but know I, how to use it. I don't know where. I don't know if gridiron, and feel free to write in and tell us and make us feel stupid about it. I don't, we don't really care. Um, <laughs> But I don't know if gridiron is referring to the entire game of football in, in its entirety, or if it's referring to a football field. Or it could be referring to a piece of gear. Or, or it could be, yeah. Maybe the players, or um, maybe a bleacher. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, back on the old football field, the boys are practicing again. Again, we have yet to see a football at football practice, but the boys are taking turns lining up to face each other, then hitting each other and getting back in line. It is Peter's turn. Peter starts by saying, come on, let's go. But the boy across from him answers with, I wouldn't want to hurt the star of the glee club. Peter puts his foot down saying, cut it out, Larry. I've been taking Mm. it from you guys all afternoon. Mm. Wow. Well, go Peter. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the boys don't let up. Instead, answering with, oh, he got his feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Peter then moves on to the next, asking, Freddie, how about you? But he refused too, saying, I wouldn't want to ruin your beautiful voice. Finally, asking Jimmy. Oh, hell yeah. But Jimmy responds with, you may sprain your ankle and you wouldn't be able to hit your high notes. The boys laugh as Peter gives up, saying, all right, guys. 
They remind him that they don't need any canaries on the team and that Mm. maybe Peter can stand around and sing songs while they play. (laughs) Jimmy then has the idea that Peter can be a pom-pom girl. Did Mm. they not? They never heard of a, of a, a cheerleader, a pom-pom girl. Like I think it's the same thing. Okay. All the boys laugh and walk off as Peter stands there looking disappointed. Peter takes off his helmet and heads off the field. Hmm. Where the fuck is the coach? <laughs> Why is this know. even going on? Like, this doesn't make any sense. He might have been over behind a tree sucking Deacon's dick. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. Hmm. Um, but, but, I mean... The way I've always kind of understood, like my friends that played football or wrestling, like shit like this, like you'd have to run like five laps around the field or something for doing shit like this. I mean, that's something they it's supposed to be a team. It's supposed to be, you know, cohesive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways. Um, also, I thought it was kind of funny that Peter didn't mind making fun of Bobby for sucking at singing. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it's funny. He was making fun of Bobby about singing and he don't like it when people make fun of him about singing. And they don't even touch on this episode. So apparently, right? if as long as you were, as long as you're really bad at singing, it's okay to be made fun of. That's the message I'm getting. But anyways. yeah, finally you're picking it up. No, yeah. Um, real quickly before we get a break, I did look up Gridiron. If you're ready. okay, good, good, good. <laughs> okay, so um, it's a frame of parallel bars or beams. No, I'm just kidding. I mean it is, but in reference to football, mm-hmm. it's a field for football marked with regularly spaced parallel lines. So okay. basically the football field itself is referred to as gridiron as one word, gridiron. Okay. So, so I would have used it incorrectly because I don't think they're on a football field. I think they're just in a field. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's marked off. You know. Maybe. There. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to go on break. All right. To break, not on break. <laughs> we're going to take a break. <laughs> So Bobby is driving everyone nuts with his constant beating on his drums. Mm-hmm. And Peter is now getting made fun of for being on the Glee Club. Mm. Will will it all return for normal for the Bradys? Mm. We shall see. We'll we shall back. see. We shall. We'll be back. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Just for the halibut! Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan, eat it raw like you're in Siam, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds. It's a podcast. are back mm-hmm. that was a good break that was a very restful and very you didn't nice clock out, soothing right? break what's that you didn't clock out when you went on break no right? you don't clock out for breaks you only clock out yeah. for lunch okay, yeah. good. <clears throat> right. yes 
So I was thinking about it. Yeah. You know, in this episode, a couple of different people have to deal with. I mean, they don't come out and say it because this wasn't really a thing until I'd say probably a decade, maybe a decade and a half ago. Mm -hmm. But really, if you think about it, both Bobby and Peter have to deal with some sort of bullying in this. They don't come out and say it, but that's kind of what they're dealing with. And this was in a time before bullying was really given a name. Um, well, Peter was dealing with Cindy's bullying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I can't remember. Well, I see what you're saying. Peter in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. But I mean, but I mean, Cindy that's also. that episode was kind of an extreme bullying. Um, nowadays, there's a different kind of bullying. It's more like like a like like a mental bullying like they're dealing with, you know, with, you know, with the, the advent of social media and stuff like that. Now, now kids, I think, are dealing with more this kind of bullying than they are with actually beating somebody up. You know what I mean? Like cyberbullying is like kind of yeah. I think this relates more to cyberbullying than anything. This no? does, I think so. Yeah, because it's all verbal. It's all you know, insulting. You know, it's well, not. I guess I mean, I mean, I mean it's hard for somebody to punch you in the face over social media. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, they're just kind of like I don't know. I mean, they're just kind of really picking on them. So I wouldn't really constitute this as bullying, really. No, I would. I mean, I guess a little bit. I mean, in some sort of sense of, yeah. I mean, they're not being nice to them, but right. it's, I don't know, they're just kind of picking on them. When you were in school, and it, yeah. it can be before you met me or after you met me, have you ever been in a in a position for any length of time where you had to deal with stuff like this? And I don't, I'm not talking about your friends teasing you, like, jokingly. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about actually being made fun of, like, being picked on. Um, a lot like of where it, it made you not kind of want to go to class or school or whatever. Yeah, um, and I still kind of, <clears throat> I still kind of deal with it. Like, <laughs> um, like I got made fun of, like in this particular kind of sense. You know, we're just like mm -hmm. picked on a little bit for. Um, nobody like ever said, "Put up your dukes." You know, it wasn't like that kind of. <laughs> right, right, right. It wasn't physical. It was just um, was. Growing up with like red hair, freckles, and all that kind of stuff, I used to hear about it a lot. And mm. like growing up in school, and <clears throat> I remember being outside. <clears throat> Sorry, I remember being outside, and we were. Remember when I lived in Huntington, and we had that park. Mm -hmm. There was. I was out there with. I want to say it was Ron or something. That's but, McClarty Park. Huh, okay, um, I was outside with. I think it was Ron, or I don't think you were there. And we were outside. I think we were playing like football or something like that. that was, was a me. bunch that of. That was me. That was you. We were playing. We were actually playing with a kid. <laughs> believe it or not, named Michael Jackson. Oh that was yeah, the kid's I remember. Name him. We were playing with. Yep. But he mm -hmm. went by. Are you talking about the white kid or the black kid? Yeah, I think there was white two. kid. It was Mike Jackson. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. He went by Mike Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that kid. Um. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So you were there. I don't know if you remember, but there was like older boys there too that were just watching. Yeah. Yep. And they were like making fun of me and they're like, hey. I don't remember making fun of you, no. Yeah, because they were yelling like, hey, Opie, it's time to go home. Pa's really? looking for you. Yeah. And I was wow. just like looking over. I was like, hmm, stupid. And I was like, shut up, you guys. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> and I was running around with a mullet the whole time and you were the one being made fun of? <laughs> Mullets <laughs> were geez. in. I think I yeah. had a mullet too. <laughs> so. I don't think back then you did. Maybe you did. I don't think you had a mullet till high school. Like I said, what? no, mm. I went in high school. No, that wasn't. No, nice. it doesn't matter. Anyway, mm. just things like that, you know. Hearing that a lot growing up, 
And I told you about <laughs> the first day of my middle school. Mm-hmm. It was at Kennedy. It was like my first day, and all I ever want to do is just be invisible. Like, I don't want to be noticed. I just want to be quiet and in the corner, and nobody to ever know I exist. And, like, <laughs> I know you know the story. And, uh, like, the first day I'm sitting in class, and then it's probably like my second or third period of the day. And I'm like making it through my first day. And I'm like, all right, this is okay. Everything's fine. No issues. And then this one girl (laughs) just out of nowhere is like, hey, everybody ever see that movie Children of the Corn? And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 I've seen it. And then she like turns and looks at me and goes, don't that boy look like Malachi? Like pointing and like the whole class turns, looks at me and starts laughing. And I'm just like. What's cool. funny is you don't look anything like him at all. Well, that's the thing. If I have red hair, I look like right. every person with red hair ever. Yeah, yeah. People always say, you look just like, and the only connection that, is red hair. But that's such a stupid, like, my hair turned gray early, but I never once had somebody go, look, guys, it's George Burns. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, <laughs> just because you have the same hair color doesn't mean anything. That's so stupid. It's an old reference, but luckily our viewers are... Like our age, so well, if they've our heard listeners, of this, they, they've yeah. heard of George Burns. He was probably on an episode knowing George Burns. I'm He's sure there's old a, this. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of millennials that listen to this going, George, who the fuck is that? They're <laughs> sitting around drinking craft beer, talking about George Burns. Um, sorry, that's, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I always got teased, and, and this may come as a surprise to you, Tech, but I have an abnormally large head. <laughs> you know, I swear to God, I would never know that if you hadn't pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got teased a lot um, to the point where people would you know tell me um, like they they like believe it or not they didn't want to like sit next to me in class sometimes because they thought I was weird and stuff like I <laughs> I, I got take, hmm. I got picked on more than you would think for having a big head. Hmm. They think <clears> you were like, like the, smart and shit. Like I'm sitting next to him. <laughs> no, they were like they thought it was gross. Like I don't know why. Like, gross. Were, That's yeah. weird. But on a side note, and you can either leave this in or take it out. Um, do you remember Mr. Wallen? Yeah. Um, he um, uh, he was the, the main class that I would get picked on a lot in. I don't mm-hmm. know why. But uh, I got news that he passed away. Oh, really? Yeah, he was somebody broke into his house and murdered him, stabbed him to death. What the hell? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I'd say, yeah. <clears throat> now, so, I mean, if anybody out you- there knows who Mr. Wallen is, I mean, my you know, our hearts go out to the family and stuff, but yeah. The way you like set that it's up, it sounded like you were like a suspect. Like oh, I got made fun of in, yeah, more in also, his class. Uh, somebody murdered him, <laughs> huh? And I got picked up more in his class. Weird connection, maybe. He he got me in trouble. He he sent me to the dean's office once. <laughs> I remember one time I was in his class, and you happened to be walking by the classroom. So, and we were just kind of just doing free shit, whatever in the class. We weren't doing anything. It's not like he was teaching. For, so I thought, fuck it. I, I'm going to go over to the door and be like, Hey, what's up? What you doing? So I like opened the door and kind of held the door and was just talking to you in the hallway. And he was like, hello. I'm like, what? I'm just talking to my friend. He's like, please take a seat. And I was like, Oh, all right. That's awesome. And then I was like, someday you're going to get murdered. No, I didn't say it. That's terrible. <laughs> no, that sucks. That sucks. I didn't no, but know that. Did I ever tell you what I got sent to the office for? I think so, but I don't remember what. For telling him to go fuck himself. <laughs> what? <laughs> for real, yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> that'll be yeah. a story for another day because we're like 20 minutes after the break now. So, but yeah, <laughs> okay. that's, I'll tell you that some other day. But yeah, that's yeah, I got in trouble for telling him to go fuck himself. <laughs> Maybe we'll <laughs> watch an episode where um, uh, Cindy tells the teacher to go fuck himself. So. There you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, tell we'll save we'll for that, that episode. Okay, so Bobby is when we left off. Bobby is beating feverishly away. <laughs> <laughs> And Peter is, <laughs> we're such children. And Peter is being made fun of for singing. Mm. Will everything return to normal? Let's find out. Let's get back into this. Okay. So scene 14, back at the Brady residence, we see Bobby once again practicing away on the drum set, then see Greg and Marsha entering the master bedroom. What is going on there? Oh, and Carol and Alice <laughs> seem to be cleaning out the closet as Greg and Marsha ask if they can go to the library tonight. You know, the, quote, library. Uh-huh, or behind it. You. <clears throat> Carol, being the genius, asks to do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carol, bless your heart. <laughs> Greg confirms, saying it's only a place that they can get away from all the drumming. Alice pops out, saying, you should try it in the closet. It's not bad at all in there. <laughs> she actually says that line. That's the funny thing. That's a real line. Right. From it. It's not us making that up. Right. And it's like <laughs> Greg and Marsha are trying to be alone. Alice suggests they go in the closet. Now and everybody just looks at each other awkwardly like, what do we do here, guys? <laughs> what do we say? <laughs> and you see like Oscar Ruff in the background. Just keep going. Keep going. Just, keep it's going. awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> and like in the closet is funny because you know they can go in the closet like seven minutes in heaven whatever but then it's funny how Alice also suggests in the closet because I don't know I feel like maybe she was I don't know. yeah I don't know but we yeah. all know that you know she was getting railed by Mr. Brady so I don't know <laughs> so Carol agrees and the kids waste no time leaving closing the doors they do uh, Carol then begins talking to Alice, remarking on how she doesn't know how they got so much stuff. Alice says, right, but seems distracted. She finally tells Carol that the more she hears Bobby, the more she's convinced drumsticks are for turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Carol tells Alice at least it's better, better here than in the kitchen. Alice agrees, saying any place is better than the kitchen. The kitchen is directly in the line of fire. True. I don't know what that hell that means. Well, because the the family room enters into the kitchen, so right, the sound comes straight into the kitchen. Like she's directly in the line of fire. Like there's no baffle, you know, with walls or whatever. Right. She's right, gotcha. literally right there. <clears throat> Carol reluctantly asks Alice. Bobby hasn't improved at all, has he? Alice thinks for a moment, finally saying, "Mrs. Brady, every day he plays just a little worse than the day before, and today." He's playing like tomorrow, which mm-hmm. is kind of a funny line. When that line that she just said, yeah. like, what? <laughs> I can imagine Samuel Jackson saying that line. Like, <laughs> like say it again out loud, but in your head, think Samuel Jackson. Well, I'll try to do an impression. So. Okay, that works. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Brady, <laughs> every day he plays just a little, I can't even do it, worse than the day before. Motherfucker, no. <laughs> and today he's playing. I can't even do it. Playing. Oh, I have to be more into it. But I, I can. <laughs> I don't know why. That's the first I thing that hit me it. when I watched it. Was like that is a Samuel Jackson line. 
today he's playing like tomorrow you know what I mean like I can totally hear him saying that <laughs> anyways <clears throat> Alice takes the empty boxes and goes to leave only to have a Laverne and Shirley moment with Jan and Cindy at the door the girls run in asking if they can go to Linda's house to practice for Glee Club Carol realizing what what's going on asks the drums Jan confirms that Linda lives three blocks away away from the noise Carol agrees to let them go Peter enters as the girls are approaching the door. They invite Peter to come along to rehearse, but Peter says he's not going. When Cindy informs him he has to, Peter raises his voice, telling them that he's not going, and he like pulls his hand back. Mm-hmm. It's weird. As he approaches Carol, she confronts Peter, asking, Peter, don't you have to practice? Peter begins to blame Bobby, saying, who can think of singing with all that banging going on? And then Carol's like, well, Greg and Marsha went to the library, so... <laughs> oh, you meant... Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You can hear them from here? Oh. <laughs> Carol looks stunned and probably a little guilty as Peter says, I might as well quit the Glee Club. As Peter is leaving, Mike enters. Carol, feeling fed up with the comp- complaints... I almost said compliments. Complaints <laughs> tries to stop Mike that's saying... That's enough! I know I look good! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Uh, oh mike complaints are coming from all over the from all precincts peter might even quit the glee club because of bobby's drumming mike uh calms carol down asking her to bitch be cool you know which which is also a samuel jackson line yeah (laughs) Um, Mike comes Carol down and asks her, did it ever strike you that a musician needs his own studio to practice in? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Intriguing. <clears throat> Scene 15. Carol and Mike are now carrying the drum set to the garage carport thingy, basically outside, right. all so that they don't have to listen to Bobby drumming. Though, like, and keep in mind, this is a instrument and an expensive instrument on loan from the school mm-hmm. for Bobby to use and they're putting it outside so they don't have to hear it like that's <laughs> kind of fucked up that's that's pretty messed up I mean you well, know the humidity alone as, is going to mess up that drum set well that's what I was going to say it's not as humid in California as it is yeah, we're still, so used to it here still a fucked up thing to do yeah like it would completely warp <clears throat> the drums and yeah. with all that wood the heat alone then, would do you know what I mean but anyways yeah. Mike starts ex- starts to explain to Bobby that now he won't have to be disturbed by the telephone ringing all the time. Bobby comments <laughs> on how much it's like the music room at school. Carol also explains that the rest of the kids won't be in her- his way either. Mike tells Bobby that it's kind of like his own private studio. Bobby remarks, that's neato, as he sits down at the drums and starts banging away again with no tempo or any sort of organization. <laughs> And like the first thing I thought was, they're not worried about their neighbors complaining. Like, <laughs> like that's the first thought I had was they're giving zero thought to the neighbors. Like, right. like f the neighbors. As long as we're comfortable, who gives a shit about what the neighbors right. think? That's exactly what I would have thought of too. Even yeah. being them, I'd be like, if we do this out here, the whole neighborhood's going to complain. But at, but at the same time, if you can't hear it in your house, the neighbors shouldn't be able to hear it in their house because you're closest to it. So. Mm-hmm. So anyways. Anyways. Scene 16. Hard at work in his den. We see Mike sitting at the table as Carol begin, brings him, uh, brings in two cups of coffee 
for the two of them. As she enters, she suggests a coffee break. Mike seems relieved at the idea and puts his pencil down saying, good idea. (laughs) (laughs) She finally asks how it's going with Bobby out in the studio. Mike tells her, good. At last, I can concentrate with the beat 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 of the tom-tom clogging up my head head. (laughs) That's funny shit, Mike. <laughs> that's that's on my nose. Like funny shit, Mike. Funny shit. Like you know he felt fucking stupid saying that line. Of course he did. I mean if he if you feel stupid <clears throat> talking to a mouse, you can't tell me right. he didn't complain about that line. That's the line that was thrown in because he bitched about other episodes. Or there was a deal was made here. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere. Somewhere down the line he got something else he something he right. wanted. <laughs> uh Carol smiles saying, We finally solved the problem almost on cue. Peter walks in. Carol greets him with an oh, Peter. First of all, did you see the way Peter was walking? No. It was so weird. It was like, I don't know, it was like this. I don't know, it's like <clears throat> you've never seen walking before. You just read it like in a book, <laughs> like directions and how to do it. And it looked, I'm not like homophobic, but it looked a little kind of gay a little bit. The way he's, I don't know. Maybe it's because he wasn't wearing his pads. He was feeling weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's not weighed down enough. <laughs> so once in the room, Mike looks at him saying, oh, come in, son. He's he's almost to Mike's desk. <laughs> like he's already in the room. He's like parallel with them. And Mike turns around and goes, oh, come in, son. And it's not mm. even like a sarcastic like uh, coming in, I guess. It's not even like that. It's a uh, come in, son. Like, well, fuck, he's already in now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> So Carol tells him uh, reassuringly, "You can, you can practice at home now." Mike adds, "On it's certainly quiet enough now." Peter then begins telling them, "I don't really feel much like singing." Mike seems surprised at at this, asking, "You're still thinking of, qu- you're still thinking of quitting the Glee Club?" Peter nods, saying, "Tomorrow, I guess." Carol confronts him gently, asking, "I thought you said it was Bobby's drumming." Peter admits that it's not really because of Bobby, it's because of the guys on his team. After Mike clarifies, football team? (laughs) I thought that was so funny too. And Peter looks at him and is like, seriously? (laughs) I don't fucking know. Greg was up (laughs) playing baseball last week. Fuck, I don't know. Um, Peter goes on to explain that they think singing is for girls. Um, and canaries. Carol ki- trying to make sense of the insult. <laughs> well, like, yeah, this one, like, she tries to make sense of it, um, like, by asking the question, like, what what the fuck does that mean, canary? Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so I was like, thank you. I've been wondering that the whole time. Like, what the hell kind of insult is that? Like, uh-huh, you, you cardinal. Like, what the fuck? Like, you, nobody calls these rooms. Like, it's almost like the people that wrote this had never been picked on in their lives. <laughs> Like, they didn't even understand the concept of being picked up. So what happens? They, like, make up something that kind of has to... So, like, like okay, saying like a canary, right? Sure, that works. And It's like they didn't even put any thought into it. Well, I think they might have been thinking of, you know, like when somebody is, like, pulled in for questioning and they just start confessing. He's like, he's in there singing like a canary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But then Carol's, like, trying to, like, a canary. Like, she, she can't seem to figure out... The connection, you know. Yeah. 
You're going to ask, well, what's that supposed to mean? A canary? What, yeah, exactly. what is that? Yeah, what's a canary? What I like, what the fuck? Like, all right. All right. Whatever. And then Peter, trying to explain this to a woman, he says, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a chicken that can sing. Carol asks, and that's why you're leaving the Glee Club? Because you're afraid of chickens? Because no. you're stupid? <laughs> you don't know what a canary is? <clears throat> Sorry. Peter reluctantly says, I guess so. As Mike's arm wraps around his shoulders, Mike sternly suggests, before you make that decision, I think you should give it some thought, and don't you quit for the wrong reason. When Peter tries to explain, but they keep teasing me all the time, comes comes back with, well, so what? I don't think you're a canary because you sing in the glee club. Finally telling him, you make up your, make up your own mind. Carol comes in with another bit of wisdom, asking... Why couldn't you play football and still be in the glee club? <laughs> Peter reasons that... <laughs> Peter's like, have you not been listening to this entire fucking conversation? Like, <laughs> this is literally what we just got done talking about. So what is it now? So why, what is, so why can't you do both? Like, are they at the same time? Like, why can't you? Because you, there's birds on the field? Because you have a canary problem on the football field? Like, what are you talking God, somebody just put her like on the couch and let her knit or something. Like, <laughs> really Carol, Jesus. Carol, I think there's a lettuce leaf that's dirty in the kitchen. Seriously, you want to yeah. go get that? <laughs> Peter reasons that he could do both, but still thinks he better quit, finally walking out. Carol takes a step toward Mike with the trademark, oh, Mike, then <laughs> saying he loves the Glee Club. Mike begins saying, I know he does, but is interrupted by the phone ringing. Mike uh, gets up, answers the phone with a hello. Instead of Brady residence, that's only an Alice thing. Mm, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> and uh, what do you know? It's one of the neighbors complaining about Bobby's drumming. Carol <laughs> dismisses it saying, well, there always, there's always one crank in the neighborhood. But is interrupted by the phone ringing a second time. When Mike points at the phone and holds up two fingers in size and says... So much for the great outdoors. I gotta say, Robert Reed is really good at fake telephone talking. He is, yeah. And they, <laughs> they kind of make fun of it in the movie. If you watch the movie again, because we were talking about this the other day, yeah. like they really exaggerate it in the movie. <laughs> because in the movie, instead of him just going, hello? Oh, yeah, I understand. Okay, yeah, I'll do that now. Thank you. And then getting off the phone, yeah. it goes on for like 45 seconds. Uh huh. Oh, he did. Really? Oh, wow. That's and it goes on for like for half a minute. <laughs> so they really make fun of that in a the movie. They do a good job with it. <clears throat> it's been so long as I've seen those movies, but I like it better this way. Me not having seen them in so yeah, long. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you watch them again, you're going to spot and any anybody out there that's a fan of the Brady Bunch, like a real fan, like, you know, the episodes do yourself a favor and watch the movies because they put in so many Easter eggs for Brady Bunch fans. It's incredible. Hmm. So anyways, <clears throat> scene 17. Hmm. Kicked out of the studio, we see Bobby drumming away once again in the family room. We then see Mike pacing back and forth in the living room, finally losing his patience, saying, Carol, we've been patient, but now we've got to do something. Carol explains to Mike that if he gives up the drums, he'll be crushed. Mike, speaking out of frustration, says it won't crush him. It'll just dent him a little. Carol begins to ask if they can just wait a little bit longer, but is cut off by Mike putting his foot down. He reminds Carol that it's not fair for the eight other people in the house or the neighbors or the city. Hmm. And then putting his fingers in his ears continues or the state. 
mm. which I could not agree more. It's totally 100% not fair for the rest of people in the house. And once again, I gotta give more props to Robert Reed. Like, he really yeah. looked fucking pissed. He did, yeah, yeah. He's fucking good, man. He's such a yeah. good actor, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, God, he looks really mad. Like, that's And it so also, awesome. it... It, it kind of, in my opinion, it kind of makes Florence Henderson look bad. You know what I mean? Because I have to, I mean, for this time period, you know, the way the, the, the dynamic was between the husband and wife and really between Carol and Mike, if mm-hmm. Mike got that pissed, I find it hard to believe that Carol would just be like, now Mike, you know what I mean? Like, I would think that she'd mm-hmm. be a little bit nervous and try to calm down. So, well, hold on now, Mike, you know, and try to, but I think it's kind of, it kind of shows her lack of acting ability. That's, I know that's mean, mm-hmm. but that's. In my opinion. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. Um, now that once again the drums are set up in a completely different way here at this point, and Bobby has no idea what he's doing. It's clear, right. and no wonder he's not getting any better. There's well, it's no funny. direction. There's Obviously, nothing. the music teacher gave them no instructions for setting these up at all. Right. And we find that out later when he, well, at the end when we, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's. Anyway, scene 18, it is now nighttime. The drumming has stopped and Carol is in bed talking to Mike. She's telling Mike that she's that she supposes he's right. Mike tells Carol that they'll simply have to tell Bobby that it's not fair to the rest of the family. Carol finally gives up, saying, okay, we'll tell him in the morning. She then kisses Mike goodnight, pauses and finally says, let's tell him tomorrow after school. Why ruin his whole day? Mike agrees, saying no need to ruin his whole day. <clears throat> Mike suddenly gets wide-eyed, saying, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. And then Carol's like, no, it's ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. No, just kidding. <laughs> A little call back to an older episode. Yeah, right. uh, Carol looks at him, and <laughs> is like, what the fuck did you just say? Um, and then he's like, boom. Mike says it again, saying, it's the drumming that keeps going through my head. Carol just smiles, rubs his head as he closes his eyes. And she rubs his balls, too, which... Yeah, right, yeah. I don't really see that. Scene 19. Hmm. We are now at practice again. And we see all the kids with Deacon and the coach. Deacon is giving the kids a speech, telling them to try as hard as they can, and that all the coach and the team can ask of them is that they can... um, is is that's all they can ask for themselves. What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Deacon is giving the kids a speech telling... I don't understand football. <laughs> well, I think I remember them, something about... Oh, no, If at it. first you don't succeed, try, try again. And it was well, like no, terrible acting, but... Yeah, he's saying uh, Deacon is giving the kids a speech telling them to try as hard as they can, and that's all the coach and the team can ask of them. And that's all they can ask of themselves. Yep. The coach then claps his hand says, let's see how our past defense is coming along. Then tells Peter to play, what? Tells Peter to play uh, offensive end, and tells Larry to play defensive end. Larry gets ready, saying, "Oh boy, I got a canary." Peter stands up, saying, "Cut that out, Larry." Larry replies with, "When the when the ball snaps, he'll probably stand up and sing." <laughs> it's kind of funny. Deacon <laughs> butts in, telling him uh, to never underestimate his opponent. Larry informs Deacon that Peter will be a cinch calling Peter a songbird. Peter mm-hmm. announces, not anymore. I'm going to quit the Glee Club. Deacon then asks the kids, you think the guys can't play football because he sings? 
Larry answers yes because he's singing for um, he's, he's singing is for canaries and sissy stuff. Mm. The coach chuckles at Deacon at, as Deacon asks Larry, "I sing? Am I a sissy?" Larry looks shocked, um, replying, "You? Gosh, no, Deacon." Deacon goes on to say, "We have a group on our football team, and we perform when we're not playing football." Peter pipes in with, "I didn't know that." Deacon tells the boys, "If singing was for sis- was sissy stuff, we'd miss a lot of our good men in sports." The coach supports Deacon by telling the kids, uh, "Rosie Greer, no idea who that is. Um, he <laughs> sings, and I don't know um, anybody brave enough to tell him to call him a sissy." The coach goes on to name Joe Namath and Joe Frazier, which I've heard those names before. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Deacon then turns to Peter to tell him that he doesn't have to quit singing just because he thinks it's for sissies. Peter realizes what he said and simply says, no, I guess not. The coach then breaks this up by getting back into his practice. The kids smack into each other and that ends the scene. Go sports. Go sports. <clears throat> well, actually, like... They didn't smack into each other like Peter fucking ran right through that motherfucker. Yeah, right. I mean, I, and I know who Joe Frazier is. Like, I, I followed boxing a little bit, so I know who Joe Frazier is. But and Joe I, Namath, I think I know who Joe Namath. He was a he was a quarterback, right? He was quarterback for the New York Jets. He was the one that kind of looked like he was kind of ugly, but he thought he was a model. <laughs> he kind of looked like uh, what's his name, Mister Ed? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but and uh, Joe Namath actually um appears on uh, the Brady Bunch like later down the road. Right. Okay. But anyway, scene 20. <laughs> Mike is now home from work and walks into the kitchen. Good God, is every scene he's coming home from work. What's funny is like, I think you reversed everything, didn't you? What do you mean? All the scenes? You reversed them? How do you reverse scenes? Like well, because like, I put the spacing in, I think, to make it easy to read, but I think you <laughs> reversed what you read and what I read. I think. Maybe not. It doesn't understand. matter. Go ahead. I don't know what no. reversing means, I guess. That's um, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Again. All right. So Mike is now home from work and walks into the kitchen to find Carol exploring the oven, apparently wondering what it does. That's what she was doing. She's standing. She like opens it up and and it doesn't look like there's anything in it. And she just kind of opens it and looks. And it's like, what are you doing? What is this what magical is- heat machine? <laughs> when did we get this? <laughs> what is it? This is the ugliest picture I've ever seen in my life. Why is it on the wall? <laughs> As he goes to kiss Carol, Bobby starts on his drums again. He looks at Carol yelling above the above the drum and says, Let me guess, Bobby's home. I thought that was a really funny delivery the way <laughs> yeah, he said yeah, that. That's pretty good. Uh, Carol tells him that he uh, Carol tells him he came straight through the house and straight to the drums. Mike then tells her that they better go have the talk, but not before Peter comes in through Alice's room, who makes it a point to stop only to tell them he better hurry or he'll be late for practice. <laughs> I thought that was so stupid. He runs and stops. Hey, guys, just to let you know, just real quick, I know you're in the middle of talking, but just real fast, I need to tell you that I'm in a hurry and I'm about to be late. Like, well, then why the <laughs> fuck did you stop? Like, Right. <laughs> Carol and Mike are confused, thinking he's talking about football practice. But Peter informs him, informs them he means glee club. <laughs> I need to go put my, my pads on for glee practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine why they're confused. Then informs them uh, that there are a lot of guys who sing that aren't sissies. 
he then rattles off some names and people who sing and ask if Mike would you, would he ever call them sissies? And Mike says no. I was kind of hoping that Mike would be like, I wouldn't call anybody a sissy because that's not right. But instead, he's like, no, I wouldn't. I'm not brave enough. So, anyways, good. <laughs> no, because I'm a sissy. Uh, Mike replies, no, not for the life of me. He then he then tells them that a lot of guys from the team tried out for the Glee Club. Carol and Mike look surprised at what Peter had just said, just as the drumming starts back up again. Mike shouts, let's go have that talk as they exit to the kitchen. And yeah, I have that note too, where Peter comes out of Alice's room. Like, yeah, right? we got to figure out what's back there. I'm so confused. Yeah. That's probably I mean, the underground I, garage. I mean, when you see shots inside Alice's room and you see into the hall, because there's a hallway right there. Right. Um, isn't that where the washer and dryer? Well, see, there? the layout of the house doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you think about the way the house is laid out, you have the front door, right? <clears throat> yeah. And then if you look to the right, to your right, if you're facing the front door and you turn to the right, you see the kitchen. Right? Yeah. So somehow the front door transition, the front of the house transitions to the back of the house in a 90 degree turn facing the kitchen. It doesn't make any sense. No. Which so is why like, they had a Dickens of a time on uh, the HGTV yeah. thing. <laughs> like, it's almost like there's, like, I don't know, it's almost like it's a corner house or something. It's weird, really strange. Yeah. Scene 21. Mike and Carol enter the family room. And we see Bobby beating away feverishly on the drums <laughs> with no form or tempo in sight. When Bobby, <laughs> see, <laughs> when Bobby <laughs> sees Carol and Mike enter, he stops playing. After be, greeting Bobby, Mike tells him um, that him and Carol want to talk to him. Bobby replies saying that he wanted to talk to them too. It goes on to say that he hopes that he, um, oh, he, he hopes that what he's about to say isn't going to make him mad. Then asks if they would be too disappointed if he quit like playing the drums. Mike and Carol are at a loss for words asking, quit? Forever? Was that? It was the cat falling off the, the chair. <laughs> <laughs> quit? Forever? Bobby, thinking they're disappointed, quickly says, never mind, I'll stick with him. I know how much you wanted me to play. And begins beating away on the drums. Mike quickly hmm. stops Bobby, telling him if he wants to stop the drums, that's perfectly all right with them. Bobby asks, are you sure? Carol, being the 100% bitch she is, says quickly butts in <laughs> saying, positive, that's it, and that's really what we want. Mike, bringing some actual parenting into the scenario, begins telling Bobby <laughs> that it has to be what Bobby wants. He goes on to say that there are... There are certain things a boy has to do, like homework or chores. Carol chimes in, informing Bobby that he shouldn't pretend to enjoy things just to please other people. Like, you know, anal. <laughs> I get a feeling like, I don't know, like there's something, there's a joke there because like I could see Carol pretending to enjoy something for Mike's sake, if you catch on like time. anal or something. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> That would have been funny if Carol was like, yeah, you shouldn't pretend to like something just for somebody else's sake. Right, Mike? Like, what? <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Um, uh, sorry, I, I got myself off track. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah. Bobby then begins telling them um, that there's a boy at school named George, and he wants to be a drummer. 
Mike, seeing the thought in Bobby's statement, tells him he's sure George will appreciate him giving up the drums just for him. Bobby then says, now I can switch with George. He's going to play the drums, and I'm going to play his instrument. And he pulls out a bugle. Excited at the new instrument, he tells him, listen to this, and starts blowing away into his bugle, making all kinds of noises. As Bobby's blowing away into his bugle, his cheeks are puffing out. Mike watches and tries to keep his... I don't know if this was planned or not, but <laughs> he tries to keep a straight face, but finally laughs when Carol says... And she, <laughs> I gotta admit, this was 100% dead on delivery for Carol. This was perfect. Because <laughs> she says, like, re, you can almost can't hear it. She, she goes, he's gonna hurt himself. <laughs> and it makes Mike just lose it. <laughs> yeah. God, it was so funny. Was <clears throat> perfect delivery on her part. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I didn't get it. Like, well, first of all, cool, let's teach kids that quitting is okay. Nice lesson there. Yeah, right. I'm going to go with Carol on that one. Well, I mean, um, yeah, I look at it two ways. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not a good idea to encourage kids to quit because they, you know. But at the same time, a lesson is, you know, you shouldn't pretend to like something just because you think your parents will get mad. You right. Know? And it didn't look like he wanted to quit, like, at all. He's, like, in there just... Dun, 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 well, I mean, dun, he dun, probably dun, got tired of not getting any direction. You can only bang on drums so many times randomly before you think, like, man, this sucks. I am, I'm not getting any better at all. Like, you remember how excited you got the first time you played, like, a guitar riff and it sounded... You could tell what it was? Yeah. You mean, and you played and you're like, holy shit, that sounds just like Metallica or that sounds just like Green Day or whatever it is you were trying to play. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's waiting for that moment and he never gets it. Well, because he keeps doing the same thing over and over again, you know. It's right. like, yeah, no direction. All right, scene 22. It's now 5.32 a.m. at the Brady residence. Mike and Carol are sound asleep, but are awoken to the sound of Bobby blowing Greg. No, blowing into <laughs> his bugle. Carol wakes up first and thoughtfully wakes up Mike, only to ask another genius question. Mike, is that Bobby? Bobby says, I think he's trying to play Reveille. Mike begins to get up, and Carol asks, you're not going to get up, are you? <laughs> this frustrated me. So, Bet you just woke him. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're not going to yeah, get up, God. are you? Like, what the hell did you just wake me up for then? Like, <laughs> I must have. I, I almost slept through that. Thank God. You that's know. like that's like your, your, your wife or girlfriend, like, nudging you and saying, I'm kind of cold and you know, you getting up to change the AC. Like that's, that's kind of like one of those things. Like why would your wife wake you up and tell you, Hey, I think Bobby's playing his bugle at five 30 in the morning. <laughs> I mean, yeah. as a guy, you know, you can't say, Oh, that sucks. And then roll and go back to sleep. You know, you're supposed to go down and talk. So for her to All ask, right. you're not going down. Are you like that? You know, you want me to go down. Like, don't <laughs> sorry. It just frustrated me. So you don't so work. Mike- what the fuck? Like, Some of us like, have to be up in like like in an yeah, hour for work. The kids go to school all day. Alice works all day. Mike works all day. You don't do anything except like apparently clean out closets and shit. Like you can't go down and talk to him. It's fucking five thirty in the morning. <laughs> Maybe I got an idea, Carol. Maybe do some mothering, some parenting. Yeah, notes. right. Jesus. <laughs> we'll just get Alice to go tell him to stop. Let me text her real quick. Yeah. Mike informs Carol that he's going to get up long enough to tie a knot in his bugle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is that a metaphor? No. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Scene 23. We see Mike come home from work through the front door with a box. He is greeted by Carol, who, who he kisses, then yells for Bobby. <laughs> 
They usually do an imitation whenever he yells. <laughs> well, he doesn't yell for Bobby very often. No. Okay. Bobby! <laughs> when Carol asks, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike explains <laughs> that he spent yeah, that he spent half the day trying to figure this out, and he finally got it. As Bobby enters the room, he jumps in front of Mike, saying, "You called." Mike hmm. explains to him that he got something for him. Bobby gets wide-eyed as he as he takes the gift and asks, "For me?" As Bobby's opening the gift, Mike is explaining that he knows how much Bobby wants to be in a band. They tried the drums. They tried the bugle. Bobby finally pulls out a baton. Mm. Seems safe. Bob, yeah. Bobby, I, don't, I don't think he'll be made fun of at all for that. No, no, no. Bobby seems excited at the thought of the baton as Carol lies straight to his face, telling him that it's the most important part of any marching band. Hmm. Now, she's half right. The kind of baton they use is not the kind of baton... That the what do they call it the 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 leader of the marching band what are they called oh the drum major yeah that, I mean this isn't a drum major baton this is a baton that your sister would use in the driveway it's right you know right I mean? that you yeah. spin around and you yeah. throw up and yeah. you catch and so if he would have had a really long one like the okay, that's then I agree but anyways hmm. after being asked if he could learn that Bobby confidently tells them. Watch this as he parades around the living room waving the baton around. Mike smugly says. This shouldn't give us any trouble. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. as Bobby flings the baton across the living room and he hits something, making glass break. After admitting that maybe he needs a little practice, Carol blames it on Mike, saying, great idea. Mm. Yeah. Mom never said not to baton in the house. <laughs> but uh-huh. And that's the end of the episode. All right. <clears throat> I don't know. I think Mike secretly wants Bobby to get his ass kicked at school. Kind of, yeah, doesn't he? Like, Bobby don't play any sports, does he? (laughs) Not yet. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well. That was a fun little episode, yeah. That was a fun little episode. That was nice. That's nice. And it was funny, as I was in chorus from third grade up through college. So I can relate to quote unquote glee club. We didn't call it glee club, but I can right. relate to that mentality and, you know, but we have practice and taking it really seriously and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool. That part of it was kind of neat. Yeah. All right. So Jimmy, we got another, uh, listener email. Oh, dang. That's awesome. Good. Mm-hmm. This one comes to us <laughs> from Thomas McCullough and I'm going to go ahead and play it safe and say, it's a guy. <laughs> yeah. I would think, but you never know. You never know. It's 2020. Yeah. So Thomas says, uh, hi, love your show. Listen to it at work. I'm a forklift driver on a graveyard shift. Oh, yeah. Blue collar guys. The other day I came across a video, Alice Brady Bunch star and B Davis on the dating game. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Thought you might enjoy it. And then it said, a fan of your show, Tom McCullough. And uh, so I just wanted back like, I didn't know about that. I'm not no, sure. No. I knew I she was on another TV show and that she uh, was nominated for two Emmy Awards for other TV shows she did. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Um, but I've not seen that one. So, Thomas, I'm going to check it out for sure. I'm going to check that out, too. That's awesome. I know she never married, never had any kids. Can't imagine why. Um, but anyway. but I, I know later in life, after she got done with the Brady Bunch and the sequels and everything, um, she became like a hardcore Christian later in life. Um, hmm. She ended up donating until she died. She ended up donating all her time to church and charities and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, hmm. she used That's kind of cool. her celebrity status to help churches and stuff. So, yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she I mean, speaking honestly, like I don't know if she didn't marry because uh, of her religion. If it was more like a like, I don't know what denomination she was, but if it was like a nun type of thing where she didn't want to mm-hmm. get married or for other reasons, I have no idea. But Right. It's interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Um, do you want to let our listeners know what we got coming up on the next episode? Sure. On the next episode, we will be doing season two, episode 17, The Coming Out Party. <laughs> ah. I don't know. In this episode... Alice admits to the... Oh, no, that's a different <laughs> Um Mike's boss, Mr. Phillips, and he's been on before, invites hmm. the Bradys to spend a day on his boat, but they have to postpone the trip when both Cindy and Carol have to get their tonsils removed. I remember this episode. I remember mm. it. It's been a while. Yeah. Because they were both in bed, and they were, like, whispering and stuff. And, and then... They were like, and Mike was like, all right, kids, we all have to pick up around here because your mom and Cindy are in bed. And, yeah. and they were like <laughs> together. Like Cindy and, did anything. Okay. Right. And the and kids so are we, like, but dad, we have a maid. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. And they were like trying to cater to them and like, oh, more ice cream. And like, all right, more ice cream. And, you know. So, yeah. See, it should have been, it should have been Carol and Alice at the tonsils. Mm. That would have been way more interesting. <clears throat> Yeah, that could have been fun. But anyways, we'll find out next week on that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we are doing a little disclaimer here. We had a good time here today. Uh, don't be offended. We're not racist. We're not sexist. We do love the show. And this is all just in good fun. And at no time, and I know that we kind of cross the line sometimes, but at no time are we meaning to make fun of the people on it. We're making right. fun of the characters on it. Like, I don't think that Florence Henderson is a dumbass because she's <laughs> right. she ended up doing a lot in her career, and God knows she's a lot more successful at acting than I ever was or is. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm in, by no means making fun of it. And sometimes we, um, you know, might make, make comments about Mike, you know, being gay or anything, or, or Robert Reed being gay or something. I've been in theater since like third grade. I've been dealing, I've been friends with gay people my whole life. So I, that is, mm-hmm. I'm not like that. So yeah, yeah. Don't don't take yeah. it personally. Don't think we're hating on the people. We're hating on the show. <laughs> we're hating <clears throat> on the characters. That's so, yeah. right. And uh, for those who want to check out another podcast, I just want to throw out there: if you listen to when Ron was on here, just plugging uh, the Twisted Ten. It's our friends of the show. You know, we got Adam, Josh, and Ron on there, and it's yep. a fun little show. They plug our show like all the freaking time. If you listen to the episodes. They're always plugging uh, a very Brady podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Good. That we throw it back. So, yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right. Anything else? <clears throat> um, I don't believe so. I don't think so either. All right. But also, um, Thomas, uh, in case this got uh, blocked out, what was his name? Thomas. Thomas McCullough. McCullough. Uh, we read your email. If it's on the show, you heard it. If it's not on the show, hey, buddy, we, we read your email. 
Um, again, I, th- I say this to everybody that emails in. If you're at all interested in coming on the show, just reach out, man. Like, if you got Skype, we'll figure it out the rest of the way. So, uh, if you're at all interested, if there's a certain episode you want to do, reach out and uh, maybe we'll have you on the show. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe. Like, if we can work it out, we'll have you on the show. <laughs> it's, not, it's not maybe. It's <laughs> not like we have out, all these people online. Yeah, so. we're still discussing it, though. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so that has been our show. Um, thanks again, Tech. Thanks. Jimmy. I don't know what else. I don't know how to end it. Uh, we never end it like this. <laughs> I don't know. Why, I don't even know why I launched into this. We don't do this usually. Um, well, this has been a very Brady podcast. You know, there like you go. That. That's how I okay, do well, it. Well, this has been a very Brady podcast. What was it? No, this has been a very Brady podcast. Uh, we will see you next week. Um, bye bye. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.